Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is Sten. I would like to announce that my team in Nashville is looking to add an experienced advisor. This advisor would have approximately four years or more of experience, but more importantly, this advisor is looking for a new challenge. This advisor wants to take the elite path and reject the average path in our industry. In this role, you will work right alongside me growing your business. Together, we will help level up legacy as an organization. If you think you're up for this challenge, you can go to stenmorgan.com backslash apply to answer the questionnaire. Or if you're listening to this and you're thinking of another advisor that could be a good fit, please make that connection. If that advisor becomes an advisor on our team, I will send you a $5,000 referral fee. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in to today's show. We're going to start this week's episode with a conversation with a member of our EAM community who attended our January event. And if this piques your interest and you're interested in our May event, then I'd love to meet with you one-on-one. And the way that you can do that is go to stenmorgan.com slash howtolive. That link is also in the show notes, stenmorgan.com slash howtolive. There'll be a button at the top of the page and you can schedule a time to meet with me one-on-one. So here's that conversation and then our regular weekly episode. Tiffany Chaika, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk with me about your experience at our Howard to Charge live event. You've been a part of our Elite Advisor Network community for a while now. And so you uh, came out to Nashville and, and spent some time with us. Can you tell folks who are listening specifically, what what did you learn on a really practical level that it, that's going to take you from, I wasn't charging to now, I, I feel confident sliding a proposal across the table and saying, this is how much it costs to work with me on an advice only basis. Sure. Um, so just to give a little bit of background, Andy, um, I've been an advisor for nearly eight years now. Um, and until I joined your event, I really just looked at the traditional AUM model. Um, I had not really charged for advice, but seeing how other advisors have done it in the past really laid the groundwork um, to be able to see how I can do this going forward. For example, it's been not even two months since the event. um, And I am currently looking at a prospect where I think that I can charge around $8,000 for a financial planning engagement. And now um, this is a current client of the firm that I work for. Um, She received an inheritance of around Mm -hmm. $75,000. But I believe that I can um, charge an $8,000 planning fee, which is something that I would have never dreamed of just a few Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. I mean, just to be honest, it doesn't sound like a very good AUM client, you know, and so we won't get too much into the client. Would you classify them as a business owner? Yes, um, she is a business owner. Yes. Um, And you're right. It does sound ridiculous on paper. And I think it's easy (laughs) to look at those, I guess, what you might call low hanging fruit and just completely ignore them. But I mean, there's always more to the story. Not only the event allowed me to see how other advisors charge for advice, but it also taught me that you really shouldn't leave any stone unturned. I mean, you just really don't know a full client situation until um, you really sit down and really delve into things with them. So I think other advisors might take a look at this opportunity and just think, oh, well, this is not going to go anywhere. But um, you really don't know until you meet with a client. Don't think for the client because you have no idea what they're going to do. Right. And I think the other part of that then says this, is that it has to be worth it if they never do anything else with you. I mean, if you don't get the AUM, if you don't get any you know policies, you're still providing value. And the analogy we use is, you know, if you hire an architect, but you never build the building, 
there's still value in the drawings that they made for you. There's still value in them designing a plan for you. And then I think specifically I'd asked you uh, earlier about why do you feel confident now to be able to charge where before you wouldn't have charged? What, what has shifted in your brain since the event where you're like, you know what, that is worth charging for? So I think one thing that the Elite Advisor Network focuses on is providing really solid ideas to clients. And I don't think I saw the ideas that we provide as a product, um, but attending the event changed my opinion on that um, because we have some great ideas. And um, I always say this, but um, iron sharpens iron and just being surrounded by all these different advisors, we all um, shared ideas, um, some you might not have ever seen before, but now I can go into a client meeting and talk to a business owner who say, for example, um, the Augusta rule. I can talk to a business owner about the Augusta rule, which is something they might not have ever heard of. And I feel confident um, and I can tell them the ins and outs of these ideas that um, I would have not otherwise have been aware of myself. They say that comparison is the thief of joy sometimes. There's also something really positive when you get in a room with people and you're like, how much do you charge for that? And people pay you? Oh, you people pay you for that? Oh, I'm going to go home and do that too, right? That's yeah. where I appreciate you taking action. You know, being an EAN member, I think helps because there is accountability and follow-up, you know, uh, to that. You have other members saying, Tiffany, you got to charge this much. Don't charge that much, you know, charge more. So thank you for your involvement in the event. And I'm glad that it's paying for itself quickly. And I look forward to hearing more updates about that client. Absolutely. I'll be sure to update you, Andy. We are back with Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor podcast. I'm Sten Morgan here with my good friend, Andy Traub. And today we're going to talk about rejecting average. Uh, the idea that you should be not tolerant at all. You should get frustrated by things that are average that are going to take you away from really what your ultimate goal is. There's people I know that have, and it's it sounds abrasive at first when you experience it, but mm -hmm. they're, just, they're very, very intolerant of just average things in their life. Mm -hmm. And it, if you are average, it actually sort of like you're confronted with it because you're just like, what are you saying? I'm not. Uh, but someone much wiser than you or I at some point in life said, you get what you tolerate. Mm. And we're going to talk about that today in the spirit of financial advisors is what are, what, what are advisors tolerating? We talked to hundreds of advisors and uh, it, it is amazing what, they have deemed normal or okay within the industry. And yep. and we will ask them, why are you okay with that? And yep. they're like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think the biggest obstacle when I've talked to, you know, thousands of advisors at this point is that they believe there's a, a massive trade-off between quality of life and the things that people are talking more about now, which is like a balance, time with family, right. travel, and success in this business. So, but ultimately, what they're saying is, it, ultimately, that's an excuse. And, oh, yeah. and frankly, it's a lie. Yep. Because it, it is a myth that in order to get A, I have to give up, you know, B, C, and D. Like it's just right. not. It's not. It's not true. Yep. And so I have. I had the benefit. You put in front of yourself. It's an invented objection. Yep. Right. And I had the benefit of just having so many repetitions in front of others' advisors and practices, which when I was only in practice. I didn't get. I was just showing up to work, maybe with the five or six advisors around me, right? And that was my only exposure. As I started speaking and coaching, I realized, okay, there are advisors with 
a, a crazy level of success. And now I get to ask them about their life. And over and over again, I found people that, wow, wow okay, you only work that much? Like many of these advisors are working less than the average advisor and making 10 times more. Yeah. So that that's the fact. For most advisors, after they re initially reject that, if they're willing to hang in that conversation, the question is, okay, now I know it's possible. Now I need to figure out and I need to become passionate about figuring out how do I do that too. Right. So we're going to talk about some practical ways to measure if you're rejecting average or not. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope, and this is actually ties in very well with what we're going to talk about, is I hope that it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, that's our goal today. So. And, and as we dive into these, I want you to know that 2x success from where you are is possible while working less. So these are some truths I want you to hold on to. It's possible to have a bigger impact, make more income, and work less. And we, we talked to a lot of advisors like, let's, let's, both, let's all agree that that is true, and then we'll move forward with some things about how can you recognize today, as we ask these questions and point out these really practical areas of your life you can look at, are you currently on an average path? Or are you on an elite path? And if you are, my hope is today you recognize, okay, I'll admit I'm on an average path. I'm getting average results, and that's not what I want. Okay, then we're going to give you some ways to off-ramp to get onto that elite path. And I would also submit, and tell me if I'm wrong to here, but that the industry as a whole, the, the average way of developing is to have a lot of advisors go forth and then the ones who sort of figure it out survive uh, survive yeah. right uh, that that that's that's the average and what I would submit is yeah trial trial by error is average right Just and I would submit is yeah that's the average but why are we okay with that yeah. right why have we come to tolerate that because you get what you tolerate I mean I I had a friend um, and I saw a few times just the way his spouse spoke to him mm -hmm. and I knew him like separately like I'd never seen him around his spouse and then I was like Whoa. And I talked about it later. I was like, is she just having a really bad day? He's like, no, she was actually, she was doing well that day. And I was mm. like, wow. Like, and I reminded her, like, you get what you tolerate. You, oh, yeah. You, that, that was normal to him. Yeah. Right. And I think there's parts of our life that we can take a, we can take a shot at something and then the risk isn't that high. You know, you may try to make a new recipe at home and if it goes bad, it's not a big deal. Right. Uh, you might try to build a deck for the first time by yourself off a YouTube video. If it goes wrong, it's kind of expensive. But would you build a boat that was going to hold 50 people? Like, probably not. Like, that's right. a really big risk for you to just try it your first time. But for some reason, advisors will settle for a 20-page outdated guide to grow your business or just go in blind and try it on their own. And there, there's a smaller group of advisors that are like, wait, why wouldn't I just go ask the people that are crushing it already? Absolutely. Like, why wouldn't I just go hang out with them? Yeah. Like, don't that, isn't that going to work? So for some reason, I want to try to shake up if you're listening and you have not yet decided to try to get around the people that are 10 years ahead of you, maybe even not even age, but just success and experience, like then you're probably on the average path. Right. And so, again, we want you to be uncomfortable. So here we go. First one, if you are investing more in retirement than you are in your business, that's a problem. Yeah. That, that is the average path. And we know that firsthand because we meet with advisors and we're trying to coach them because at times our community maybe is a little too intense for them, or they don't want to try to charge fees for their advice and time or increase their fees. And Andy's just such a good coach that if he gets on the phone with somebody, he's going to just naturally push them. He's like, okay, then what are you doing? Like, what's the alternative? If it's joining our community or coming to one of our live events or doing nothing, that's a problem. Right. Like, just do something. 
But a lot of times when they're like, well, I just don't know where I'm going to find it in the company budget. And if you say, okay, are you funding an IRA, a, a Roth, a 401k? Look at the history of the market. Yeah. And again, I'm a fan of the market. And if you think that is a better investment than you and your business, which every dollar I put in my business for myself is probably a hundred X return. I'm going to do as much of that as possible. Yeah. And then when the money is everywhere and you can't fund your accounts, then you'll make up for it. But your business and, and you are, are the best investment hand down you'll ever make in your life. Yeah. And it's it's great to hear advisors say that back to me as I'm on a call coaching them. And, and I'll say something like, are you more valuable than the market? I mean, I had a call with an hour ago with a client, <laughs> uh, with, with, with an advisor. And, and I said, you know, is the money better spent on Eric or in the market? And he's like, me. And it's like, so do it. As much as you can. That's right. As much as you can, yeah. right? And then that's, again, that's the blessing of being a business owner, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because... You know what happens if you invent something or you come up with something when you work for someone else? They own that thing, generally, <laughs> yeah, right? right? No, this is true. All the yeah. research companies or Google or whatever, you invented that, they own it, yep. right? But when you invest in yourself and you make yourself better, guess who benefits? You do. Your yep. company does, right? Yep. And what we know from our course, for example, we have advisors that went from never charging for their advice and ideas, like I did for years. I'm just going to give all this time and energy away for free yeah. in the hope they transfer an investment account or buy an insurance policy from me. So we know now their advisors within six months of taking our course or our live event, they're like nearing six figures of new revenue, but that keeps going. Yeah. Like that renews or only goes up and gets you more investment dollars. Yeah. And we, our practice has been charging fees long enough to know that, you know, roughly five years, wait, that investment we've made to hire an extra team member, that's a 50X return on our practice in perpetuity. Yeah. Like if you really sat down and did the numbers, it would almost put to shame most other things you can do with your money. Yeah. And here's here's the beauty of this when you think about investing in yourself, where it also translates to, and we'll go to the second point, is that you should do this with clients when you're sitting down with them. We talk about quantifying the value of the advice. Oh, yeah. I, I talked with another advisor today, and I said, you know, have you ever charged your fee? He's like, well, no. And I said, well, tell me an example of the last time you worked with someone. He's like, man, I was totally kicking myself. I showed this lady how she could save $2,000 a month for the next 10 years. Mm. And he said, I didn't charge her. I said, I'll just, it'll come back to me in referrals, right? And it's like, no, it Maybe won't, not. <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably not, right? And if you do get referrals, they're not ready to pay for your advice because you didn't charge her. Yep. And I said, so what was the value of that, of that of that piece of advice? You know, what was that investment worth? And I said, it's a quarter million dollars. It's $24,000 for the next 10, 10 years. That's, that's a quarter million dollars. Yeah. And he just shook his head. He's like, man. And my point being that it's, you, when you recognize you cannot tolerate thinking two thousand dollars when mm. it's a quarter million dollars. That's right. So people think, oh, this is just a one decision today. No, it's not. It affects yeah, not hiring that person for another month. Mm -hmm. You just missed out on, a, on a, a very simple investment of hiring someone for one month yep. that could have paid off in yeah. 10, 20, 30 X. It's the and we quantify the value of ideas with clients all the time. It's almost like the a calculator for the cost of inaction. Yeah. Would be awesome. We'll work yeah. on that. We'll work on that. I don't know how long that would take to figure out. But do that for every decision also. There's the, hey, what's the benefit of this? But also the cost of it. Yeah. If you look at it like that number is going to get big if I don't take yeah. action. Um, and if you're an advisor and you are not charging for your ideas and advice yet, that's a problem. Yeah. And, and you better be pursuing aggressively to kind of, for me, it was all the head trash of being trained in a system of like the products are all that matter. My time and ideas don't matter. And this is coming. This is the future of our business. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I've never charged a fee or my financial planning fees are 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks, 
the biggest problem is you don't see the value in what you do and you need a system around it. Yeah. And so, and so that again, another really practical thing of like, if you're not charging for your ideas and time and you're a financial advisor, you, you are today on the path of average. 10 years ago, maybe you were doing all right. Today, that is average. Uh, the next concept would be, are you currently paying or seeking outside counsel or feedback? Is this a private coach, a business coach? Is it I'm part of a community, like the EAN community, where we get on calls and challenge each other and hold each other accountable? Or do you have some other group? If you are on an island, or say even just reading books, reading books isn't a bad thing, but that is more of an average path than an elite path thing. If you do not have accountability that you are paying for and investing in, that's a problem. And an elite path of reading a book is I read this and you do this and mm -hmm. I do this mm -hmm. is we'll say, hey, I read this. Let's implement this idea into our business this week. Yep. And let's apply it again. I don't think knowledge is power. I think applied knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And so you have to apply these things. And what I find is people sort of it's uh, it's. It, it's getting sort of obese with ideas and that you don't like, you're not meant to just eat and not move, yep. right? You're not yep. meant to learn and not verbalize those things and put them into place. And so that's the problem is even if you're listening to this podcast, if you subscribe to 15 different podcasts and your business isn't growing, then unsubscribe from Fortune. all the other ones except for this one. <laughs> that's right. My point is there are people I know it's like they're just addicted to learning. Mm, that's a great point. And, yeah. and, it, and the problem is it feels good and you feel smarter. Yeah, you're but, checking a box for sure. But where's yeah. the risk? Where's yeah. the risk in learning? Yeah. Like a professional student does cost, that costs money. Yeah. You don't make money from that. Yeah. Right. And I would also submit, you're not really helping the world by learning a lot. You're not helping your family. You're not really helping you. You mm -hmm. have to apply what you're learning. And that's why I found that people, people will laugh at people who execute early mm. and learn because they're like, oh, you're not an expert. It's like, but I'm going to be one faster than faster you are because I'm implementing. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. I love that. Uh, the next point would be, if I was to ask you the question, as you listen to this, what is the most uncomfortable thing you've done in the last week or two? Most people do not have answered that question. So there are ways to create that experience for yourself. Physically, it might be a cold plunge. It may be an intense workout. You need to do something that is rewiring your body's defense mechanism to like, that seems uncomfortable or hard, so I'm going to avoid it. Yeah. Instead, and this is something that's taken me years to try to retrain myself, and it's become more and more natural, that if something's hard, it actually catches my attention. I'm like, hey, that, there might be something there. Right. Because I have enough experience now of doing miserably hard thing to look back and be like, that always made me better, whether it was right. physically, mentally, uh, speaking courses, uh, advisor trainings, even asking my team to sit down and give me active feedback on how I am as a leader. Like, all this stuff is welcoming discomfort. Yeah. But yet when we ask advisors, most people do not have a good answer to that question. No. And and I think it's because we are not, I would say, designed by default to like hard things. Yeah. And so the, the wiring of elite people, and again, we're trying to get you on an elite path, elite advisor, right? Yeah. We're trying to get you. So what do they do? And I would submit is that elite advisors take hard things and they change them from stop signs to mile markers. Hmm. So hard things, stop. That's hard. I'm going to stop. I'm not, I'm not going to go do that thing. Yep. Versus like, oh, hard things, I'm, that's progress, nice. right? Like, oh, I'm, uh, that's another mile marker. Yep. Oh, where's the next hard thing? Because if I find the next hard thing, what's that mean? I'm getting, I'm growing, I'm, mm. right? That's a mile marker. I like that. And again, most people, and again, I don't, 
I don't fault you if you don't know, but now that you do know, and you probably did know before the show, <laughs> but is it's hard. Okay, I'm going to, now we're not, it's not like, don't jump off a building. That's hard, right? <laughs> you know, but like, what are the things that you're going to go pursue that make you, and I love the way you said it. I think mm -hmm. you said uncomfortable. Yeah. Right, is pursue discomfort. Yep. And, I, and I, I will just say this, there, there are conversations. I had one, I had another one today. Um, and I said, hey, I, I have three things I want to talk about, but let me start with the first one, which is I need to just start with an apology. I apologize that I didn't handle that well. I mm -hmm. should have. I know you're probably not mad at me because you're a good guy. The other <laughs> guy's not mad at me, but like, I just want to start by saying I'm sorry. Mm. Didn't want to do that, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I, I wanted there to be two things to talk about in that conversation. Yeah. And the one was the one that I could be like, oh, and the guy probably would have forgiven me anyway. Probably, but I was like, I want to do that. And you know what? That makes me better yeah. at being okay with being wrong and moving forward, yeah. better relationship, pursue things that make you uncomfortable. And I think at times a lie could be like you you look at somebody else, you're like, oh, it's easier for them. No, it's still hard. You know, like when I get into a cold plunge, it's going to hurt just as much as when you get into a cold plunge. Yeah. If I do a hard workout, there's days where I'm like, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to do that. If I pitch a new client with something difficult and I had to sit down ahead of time and I'm like, there's a good chance they're going to reject me. Like, it's hard for all of us. It's just the people that push through that, that say on the other side of this, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And a lot of times the worst that's going to happen is you're just going to be back where you are right now. But the higher probability is you're going to be better off. Like you'll right. be, you'll be farther ahead. You'll have a new awareness, uh, a better understanding of like, oh, that's what's going to push me forward. So if you can't answer that question, if you can't look at something in the last week, two, three, even a month, I'll give you a month to say that I did this and it was uncomfortable. Everything in my body was telling me to not do it. Yeah. Yet I leaned into it. I think the next level of elite is to, you know, either before you go into the office or the night before to look at your schedule and mm -hmm. say, what am I going to do tomorrow that I don't want to do? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, there are things on my calendar today. I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that, again, I don't, these are not like deep thoughts you have sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, I don't want to do that. And you're like, I need to do that. Yep. It's that quick of like, what's the thing on my calendar I don't want to do today? What do they say? Like, eat your frogs by 8 a.m. or whatever. Yeah, you do them early. Whatever. <laughs> do them you know, early. like, That's right. do the hard thing early. Yep. And uh, again, it's, but then it becomes a reaction where now it's like, I'm going to do uncomfortable things because we need to help more advisors. We mm -hmm. need to have more people at our events. We need more people in our community. We need yep. more people listen to the show. So I'm going to be more confrontational in my coaching. And people are like, man, thank you so much. Nice. I'm like, that was really uncomfortable to like look someone in the eye and say, hey, grown man, yeah. you know, like man up, right? Yeah. I think Andy just welcomed everybody listening to call. If you are not getting uncomfortable and you need help getting uncomfortable, I would be happy. We'll help you get you I will be happy. And again, here's the, here's the, here's not that the conversation will be uncomfortable, but uh, probably, uh, <laughs> but, long, but awkward here's, silences. But here's the, here's the great thing about when you're around mature people who know that it's the right thing for them. You and I, frankly, have uncomfortable conversations probably once a week, <laughs> yes. right? Yep. Probably, uh, probably once a week. Yeah. And, but when you know that person has your benefit, you're like, let's do it. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's have that because you know, on the other side of it is what you want. Mm -hmm. And there's something that is so just moronic backwards whatever that it's like you know that the right the best thing is on the other side of the hard thing mm -hmm. and yet our humanness says yeah oh i'm just going to stay average i'm just going to avoid the hard thing and there's nobody that's elite oh, yeah. who avoids the hard things yeah there's the uh this is part of a different group men's group i'm part of uh, they talk about the buffalo how like on the plains oh, the, is the buffalo cow thing where they run through the storm into it? Yeah. Yeah, like the buffalo, okay, like the you cow will run away from a storm. Okay, stop, back up, because like this you're is throwing awesome. Me, you're throwing me off. 
like I got to give people the whole thing. We throw up Buffalo. And I don't know if about. I know the whole thing. The the, the high level thing is cows run away from it. All right, so they so stay at coming. longer. Storms coming, and they see the storm right, coming. Tell a story, and they start running away. The cows do. That's right. And what happens when you try to run away from a storm and you're a cow? Prolongs it. You lose. You lose. Yes, you're <laughs> just it, sitting and it longer. dumps on you, yeah. right? And then yeah. you've got a uh, buffalo, and they run into the storm, and That's they right. cut right through it, and yep. they get through it faster. Yep. Right. I just feel like qualified to say that because I used to live in South Dakota, and we had legit a lot of buffaloes. Oh, I've only seen like domesticated buffalo. Oh no, we you have just like roaming buffalo on our honeymoon. There was one like 100 yards away, and Sarah's like. Stay away from it. I'm like, honey, I got you. And we went over the crest of this hill, and there was like a thousand. Crazy. And I was like, within like 20 feet. And I was like, okay, we're I'm, good. I'm calm. <laughs> I'm totally calm. I did not tell her in that moment the story about the buffalo and how they run through the storm. Smart, smart. Yeah. Um, but it is the wisdom of saying, I'm going to go through the hard thing. Yeah. Because on the other side, it's better. And the right? and what's amazing to me, and and is if you ask anybody later on in life, like no one's going to argue. You know, you should have taken the easy way. Or, hey, my younger self, man, I'm really glad you stopped doing that, the hard stuff, because we're better off for it. And it's just a fascinating part of human nature. It's like we all know in our gut there's a route or a path that we will take that we will be proud of, that'll be harder, you know, that, that our families will benefit from, that we'll benefit from, that like our future self is going to say, man, yeah. good job. Yet, still we're all drug and pulled towards yeah. this average safe path. And so I think as opposed to trying to say, let's rewire our human nature yeah. overnight, let's just learn to get really aware of when it feels like we're, we're getting tugged in that way and then just pull ourselves back. Yeah. And that could be, again, accountability. That could be uh, weekly meditations. When I come to my office, I have things hanging up where it's like, oh, it's a, it's a visual reminder of like, okay, Stan, don't be lazy today. Hey, don't get caught in that thing. Like, because we need that. I could just say, hey, someday magically, I'm not going to have those thoughts, but yeah. that's not reality. So how are you, what are you, what are you setting up in your environment to keep pushing you back, knowing that your tendency without any action is going to be average, to, to constantly redirect yourself to this elite harder path? Right. But it is, it, again, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive or it just doesn't, it doesn't, we're not drawn to say, hey, I want to go sign up for something difficult. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and yet those who really get ahead, those who become elite, I talked to an advisor today from our community and he just casually mentioned um, yeah, and I doubled my business in the last year. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, remind me, how long have you been in Ian? He's like, a year. He's yeah. like, yeah, man, it's it's not the only thing, but it's been a huge part of me doubling my business. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And it's and it's like, I guarantee you that doubling his business meant more than the seven or eight K he spent coming yeah. to an in-person event, yep. you know, being a part of our online calls. And he's there for like all the calls. Yeah. And it, it's working. He's engaged. That's right. right? And yep. it's uncomfortable. And yep. I grill him. And he's like, thank you. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all need that. And now he's an advocate. The, the last one I want to jump into is when is the last time you failed at something? If somebody asks you that question and you don't have an answer, that's an indicator that you're probably not making risky choices uh, as an entrepreneur and your family and physically. It, you should be able to say, I try, I pitched this plan for 10000 and they said no. Yeah. Good job. That's actually something to celebrate. Okay, now why did they say no? It, it creates more questions that we can solve. Um, but if everyone's saying yes to your $750 financial plan for you to work with them for a year, that's a problem Yeah, on a lot of levels. And so, so can you answer that question? If I asked you that now, you're listening. I said, when's, what is the last thing you actually meaningfully failed at? You should always have an answer. Yeah. And if you don't, and if it's, hey, I'm, I'm investing more in my retirement accounts than my business, that's not a good indicator. If you do not have one or two groups or people around you that are constantly keeping you accountable and challenging you, that's a problem. 
if you are not getting uncomfortable frequently, that's a problem. And if you haven't failed recently, that's a problem. There's a long list of things we can do, but we want to come up with four practical things. If you're listening, these are indicators that you're like, hey, I might be on an average path and I don't know it. Yeah. Therefore, I need to somehow put up some mirrors around me to where I can just become more self-aware. And a lot of times EAN is that mirror for people. Yeah. And they get around us like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea this world existed. I was happy over here paying my bills and hanging out, but I'm open to, to explore what this is. One of the things I'm encouraged by is when people on a really practical level, like they say, you know, I'm a, uh, Gary, v, Gary V says this, uh, he said, you know, they said, how are you so comfortable with failure? He said, because I'm never, I never sign up for, for fatal failure. Hmm. Fatal failure is I'm going to bet it all. He's like, I never bet it all. Yeah. He's like, but you make smart tries at things and you mm -hmm. fail and you learn okay. from them. He said, but don't, don't bet it all. We're not that's saying right. that kind of failure. And again, that's an excuse. Someone will say like, I don't want to, Fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to risk it all. Nobody said risk it all. Nope. Right. But what we are saying is you have to be willing to try things and then you learn this new limit. Because yep. what we'll find is so fascinating is we'll do a workshop and they'll go back and they'll say, here's my new plan number. And someone will say yes. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like, and again, it's not always about a bigger number, but it is. Yep. It, it it's is about, about understanding the value and charging appropriately. Right. For that value. And it's about willing to say, okay, they didn't say yes. Why is that? I mean, that's why our, our event coming up in May, we have a you you cannot fail <laughs> built-in right. guarantee, which yeah. is if you go 0 for 4, we give you your money back. Yeah. And so that is, you go 0 for 2, the rule is, you have to call me and I have to say, here's what, here's what, here's what you're doing wrong. Let's yeah. figure that out. Yeah. And the good news is companies don't give guarantees if they no. don't think it's going to work. We've yeah. never, I think, that I recall, given any refund to anybody because they come and they're like, this is 10x what I thought it was going to be. I've increased my planning fees by double tomorrow. Um, but for us, we just have to get help people overcome the, the the fear of failure or loss for them to see the light. And we're confident that it's like they get a little peak, they're forever different. Yeah. And again, I this could sound like a heavy-handed um, episode, but ultimately our desire for you is to be elite. Yep. Right? I actually, I'll, I'll end with this, and then you can end if you have anything else. But um, it's baseball season. Just to get baseball analogies again. Nice. But I had a kid yesterday. I think yesterday. you always use them, don't you? Is um, that all year round thing? No, I've stopped for a while. <laughs> I haven't had any good ones. But listen to this. This is great from a coaching perspective. My son invited a few of his friends who are not good at baseball to join our baseball team. Uh-oh. And so, <laughs> yep, uh-oh. Uh, great kids, though. So this kid comes on Saturday, and he hasn't played since T-ball. He's 16, right? So about 10 years he hasn't touched a, a bat. So he comes to practice on Saturday. On Sunday, I see him at church. And I said, hey, how you doing, Big R? He's like, good, man. I said, no, you have to call me Coach Andy now. He said, that's, that's fine. I said, how was practice? He goes, you know what I really liked is you told me the things I wasn't good at. And I was like, it's a smart 16 what, what do you mean? Man. And he's like, well, like other coaches I've had for other sports and stuff, like, they just tell me, how, like, they just try to pump me up with like, positive things, but like, I don't get better. Mm. And I was like, well, buddy, uh, I'm going to tell you the stuff you're doing <laughs> wrong. You know, uh, so buckle your seatbelt, right? That's right. But, I, but again, he's mature enough to say, I want to get better, yep. so make me uncomfortable. Yep. Well, thank you again for listening to today's show. If you'd like to spend some time with us here at our offices just south of Nashville in May of 2023, then go to com slash howtolive and find the time to meet with me one-on-one. I'll answer any questions you might have about you or your team coming to our event. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day.